forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Good morning and welcome to this continuing look through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. We're in Matthew chapter 6 and we're in the middle of what we call the Lord's Prayer which we talked about before really might more appropriately be called the disciples' prayer or maybe even believers' prayer because Jesus was teaching us a method of prayer, not teaching us how he prayed. Uh, For example, obviously, he doesn't need to ask forgiveness because he has never sinned. But today we're, we're covering the second part of verse 12, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So we need to keep in mind who Jesus is speaking to and what he is speaking about. He's not speaking here of how to be saved, how to be made right with God. He is speaking of people who, to people and about people who have already been justified before God by saving faith, by trusting in the finished work of Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with the heart that you believe and are justified and it is with the mouth that you confess and are saved. This is talking about initial justification when we're made right with God, not by anything we've done, but by the finished work of Jesus who said from the cross, it is finished. He had paid for my sins, your sin, all sin, past, present, and future. So what is verse 12 about, the second part of verse 12? Well, both parts. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. What he's speaking of here is the restoration or restoring of our fellowship with God. We are declared righteous Uh, When we're born again, we're born into God's kingdom. He adopts us into his family, and that's not undone. But when we're in his family, our fellowship gets broken by sin that we have ongoing or that occurs in our lives. We don't lose our family relationship, but our fellowship with God and with others is interrupted by lack of forgiveness, lack of us being forgiven by God, and lack of us forgiving others for anything that they may have done to us. So we're not speaking here. Let's be real clear about this, about how to be saved. So we're coming before God in the morning as a born-again Christian, and I'm saying to him, God, forgive me of the ways that I failed you yesterday. Forgive me for wrong thoughts and wrong words and wrong actions, for not loving you with my whole heart, for not loving my neighbor as myself. I am not asking God to save me. And then likewise, in the part that we're dealing with today, forgive me as I have forgiven others. And this comes up again in verse 14, a couple of verses later, really after the end of the prayer model itself, 
when it says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So what is that all about? Well, it's the same thing we're just saying. When we have sin that is unforgiven before God, it's been paid for, it's been covered, but it disrupts our fellowship. I, I like to use this example, and I want to make clear this is my example. I'm not even saying it's theologically, uh, anatomically correct, so to speak, but I think it makes the point really well. If you and I were brothers or brothers and sisters and we had the same mother and father and we got in trouble with one of our parents or both of them by not keeping the rules, we would still be a part of the family. We're not going to lose our place in the family. Our name isn't going to change. They're not going to take away our plate at the table. But our fellowship with our parents is disrupted. And that's what we're talking about here is a disruption in our fellowship. I have a lustful thought. I have an angry thought. I have other thoughts or words or actions that are contrary to what God has called me to. Those disrupt my fellowship with God, and I need to keep a short account. I need to be quick to take those thoughts captive, take those actions captive, take my life captive to Christ and say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Help me to walk in newness of the life that I have and I am in Christ Jesus. We know that we're not condemned. Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're not condemned. We're not talking about overcoming that when we're talking about uh, getting delivered from sin and forgiving others. We, we know that all have sinned and we know that God is holy and we know that he calls us to live that way. Uh, but we know scripture says, if anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother from whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Then when Jesus was uh, asked about the greatest commandment, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and went on to say, in a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's found in Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Uh, when we fail or refuse to forgive others, we are not determining our true spiritual condition by our action and or omissions, but we're revealing the true condition of our heart. If we, having been forgiven much, cannot forgive others for the offenses they've done against us, we are really revealing that we were never in the family in the first place. A true born-again Christian will not continue to maintain an unrepentant heart that is hardened and, and hateful towards others. And that's what John is writing about when he says, if, if we say we love God and hate our brother, uh, then, then we're just not telling the truth. When, when we fail and refuse to, 
to forgive other people, we're living contrary to the very basis for our relationship with God, indicating that there really is no relationship. Uh, here's a wonderful explanation in uh, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, not nearly as much as he owed the king. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. He went and put him in prison until he should pay this small debt. When the fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then the master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Again, that's in Matthew 18. So a heart that has been born again is a forgiving heart. We have been forgiven much, and so we must also forgive all those without exception who have done even vile things against us. It is Christ-like to be forgiving under all circumstances. Uh, Luke 23, 32 through 34, two others were criminals were led away to be put to death with him, meaning with Jesus. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Forgive others as we have been forgiven. This is something we have to do. And if we don't have that in our heart, then that indicates uh, the true condition of our heart as, not, as, as a heart that has not been regenerated. Uh, we may struggle with forgiveness sometimes, and that's a totally different thing, but we still have to let go. But we have, to, we have to do it because God said it. He, he said that we must forgive others. So we don't do it in order to get something. We do it because God has commanded it. And it, it's a part of our born-again relationship to, to God our Father through Jesus Christ our Lord as we're led by the Holy Spirit. 
So let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us forgiving hearts. You have forgiven us so much more than anything anyone else could ever do to us. Help us to have a, a forgiving heart that we forgive and, and let go of the things that hold us and love our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters, and others as we love ourselves. Lord, as, as we have been forgiven, let us also forgive. You've forgiven us generously. May we also forgive others generously and without limit. I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us and listening to this podcast from the Sermon on the Mount. I pray that we can rejoin and listen further as we continue on next time. God bless you.